So it's very simple. We're going to make you the best trousers. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, we're going to make them out of the best cloth. Yeah. Pro properly made British trousers. We're going to make them here. That was the USP. We're going to guarantee them for life. I mean, there's a, like terms and conditions apply, obviously. You're listening to the Make It British podcast. I'm Kate Hills and I'm on a one-woman mission to save UK manufacturing. I invite you to join me every Tuesday and Friday when I'll be sharing the stories behind some of the best British-made brands and UK manufacturers and offering you advice on making in the UK. Let's crack on with the show. Welcome to episode 68 of the Make It British podcast. Now, this is the talk that I know a lot of you have been waiting to hear from Make It British Live. If you didn't manage to make the event, or even if you did and you want to relive this incredible experience, here is the talk entitled How to Make a Million in Brexit Britain from the Hedro Co boys, otherwise known as Brant Richards and Ed Oxley. And they're introduced here by the journalist Lucy Siegel. I think other than that, they need no introduction. Here you go. How to make a million in Brexit Britain. Ed Oxley and, Bra and Brant Richards, founders and directors of Hebtro Co. Briefly, Ed's biog. For the seven years before Hebtro Co., Ed worked in the outdoor industry, running his own mountain bike skills and guiding business. His working life started out in community arts, leading drama, video, and music projects, mostly with groups of young people. He was a massage therapist for 10 years. All his jobs have the common thread of working with people and trying to make them happy. Menswear was the obvious next step. Brant Richards, yeah, it was a joke. <laughs> they need to get latch onto your sense of humour. No, I've started now. Brant Richards' manufacturing experience started with him sewing trousers for his teddy bear. He went on to design bike frames for himself and thousands of others. He's a former national magazine and website editor, and he's applying everything he's learned with consumer direct business models, manufacturing efficiency, and 40-plus years of wearing clothes to bring production quantities back to the local area. Hebtroco was launched in January 2016. I promoted them in the Observer magazine shortly afterwards. Well done, me. And here they are today to tell you how to make a million, million quid. Pounds. Million pounds. Over to you. Is it on? Yeah. Million quid there. We're going to burn it halfway through. Like the KLF. <laughs> Hello, we are Heb Troco. My name is Brandt. Hello, uh, I'm Ed. We're going to tell you a story. And uh, like the best stories, it's, it's true. Mostly true. And, and if we get it right, then it's going to be the story that most of you want to hear. Here we are. Menswear startup make £1 million in the shadow of Brexit. That was the headline. Those... Oh. Green button. There, look, we did it. Look, 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 there. A million quid. Now, you see, the, the, the thing was that they said that they met, we made a million. We didn't really. We just turned over. So instantly, 
you're a bit less interested. And all the business owners amongst you are doing that turnovers, vanity. Profit is sanity. That's, I think I read that on the internet. But, but that was the figure. We actually did it. So we started three years ago. Uh, and basically, yeah, we, we do that by telling people the story that we want to hear. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to tell you our story. What do we do, Ed? Uh, we sell things to people. Uh, men with more than one leg is our target market. Um, we started off just with trousers. Now we also have belts to hold the trousers up. We've got boots, we've got socks, we've got jackets, we've got t-shirts, we've got knives. And I'm dressed head to toe in, uh, oh, hang on. Head to toe in Heb Troco. No. Are you wearing pants? We'll get, we'll get rid of those. They're okay, not right. ours. Wait, are you, get you're them gonna... I am commando before ah, you. Right, okay. Because I'm true to the brand. We are so, called Hebtro Co. No underpants on me. We are, the, it's a sort of abbreviation, but, but the Hebden, Hebden Bridge, that's where we're from, Trouser Company. Are you going to do the beer? Hebden Bridge Trouser Company. I can move that and then we can be in the middle. Hebden Bridge, it, it made such sense at the time, but it's been a really difficult name for people to remember. But we thought it was like Asda. You see, Asda was associated dairies, but people get that. It's Asda or Thomas Edward Stockwell sold Jack Cohen some tea and, and that became Tesco. And you never... Oh, thank you. British beer that we managed to get for free. British Standard Premium British Lager. And so it's a rubbish name. Hebtro Co. is a pretty rubbish name. We couldn't think of anything better. We tried to be really clever and we came up with just names that are really cringy. And in the end, we just abbreviated what uh, the sort of long-winded version of what our name was. But million we got quid. a million quid. Million quid. Million quid. Million quid. And it all started as a daft idea in the pub. In a pub in Hebden Bridge. Anybody heard of Hebden Bridge? You all know about Hebden. What do you know about Hebden Bridge? It's a rain-soaked paradise, the Guardian said. So it's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit like that. Or it's a, it's a little bit. It's a drug town with a tourist problem. Or a trouser problem now. We, we used to, we had this thing about plastic-free Hebden. They were doing plastic-free Hebden like years ago. Before all that, no plastic stuff became a thing. Plastic-free Hebden, that was it. That was then forgotten about. Lots of plastic bags in all the shops now. But it's very sort of, you know, you get a lot of this sort of thing going on in, on the co-op notice board. I mean, I, I don't even know what that is, but I, I make it a little habit of mine to, to collect them. I like the harp alignment. <laughs> cat Reiki. There's somebody advertising Cat Reiki. You can, you can have a gong bath. A gong sound bath. And then the ultimate one that I spot was Dog Jenga. I mean, I don't even know what, what Dog cruel. Jenga is. And maybe that's because we're just telling people the story they want to hear. And that actually didn't really happen. Anyway, we, we lived in Hebden Bridge. And uh, Hebden Bridge, I don't know if you see that there, it, it's known as Trouser Town, according to Wikipedia there. That's Wikipedia. Wikipedia, yeah. Um, but our first knowledge of this was through a beer, a beer called Trouser Town. Do you remember when we first tried the beer of Trouser Town, Edward? Not really, no. But... Well, we, we used to hang out and drink quite a lot, and our friend Dan started a beer and we said why why, why did you call your beer trouser town down he said because if you go on wikipedia and you read about hebden bridge apparently it used to be called trouser town and because sort of... it was the world's uh, biggest town for producing trousers a million pairs a year would come out of 
the little Pennine town. So busloads of workers were brought in. The, the weaving happened there and the manufacture happened there as well. Um, there were other things made as well, but trousers were one of the Cloth main things. was made. All the, all the, all the uh, women's uh, land army britches, corduroy britches, they were all made in, in Hebden Bridge. A I have a pair. Town. I'll let you do. They very, do. They fit me, yeah. Very nice pair. I look like so that's, that's trousers. I'm flying a biplane when I wear them. So how, how did we end up here? Do we have any previous clothing experience? Was as, as Lucy has spoilt for you already, we have little previous clothing experience other than wearing it. Edward, a massage therapist, yes. But didgeridoo instructor, did you know that? And that was... <laughs> wearing actual jeans. It's quite funny to I haven't see. Haven't worn jeans since the second of December, twenty fifteen. Yeah, we've been when denim, we had denim the free. daft idea in the pub. Never worn a pair of jeans since. So that's what Ed used to. I, I used to design bicycles for, for factories in China, um, and travel the world. Kind of uh, yeah, just just putting one wheel in front of the other and painting it a different colour, and, and that used to be my job. I got away with that for a long time. So so bikes because we used to ride together and beer. That's kind of. What brought us together, and, and we went on a, on a trip uh, together. These are fat bikes, so you ride them on snow. Um, we'd no experience of riding on snow previously either, had we? I was, I was a professional cyclist, so I was uh, <laughs> after, well, also in parallel with the didgeridoo, which I seriously did. I used to go into schools, do didgeridoo workshops, uh, community arts uh, performances. I was also a, a mountain bike skills guide and uh, uh, skills trainer and guide and uh, he was my first sponsor so he would give me bikes and then I would make videos and I would use social media I would tell the story so and we would always want to do something that was interesting because it would be fun but it also it's going to get attention and then you can sell stuff from it so that's that's how that's what we do we we tell stories and we try and come up with cool stuff you know and it, if you're going to go to London you could just get on the train this morning, come down here, do this, and then go back. Or you could make it into a, a, a motorcycle touring holiday, which I've done, and ridden on my chopper, but not one of those rally ones. So uh, we uh, down and made a trip. We, so what was this trip? Where were we going? We, we rode the bikes all the way across the road to the pub. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> Oldgate is a, is a sort of common theme throughout our, uh, our journey. There's go going to be a blue plaque in there because that's yeah. where we founded our, our company. So we, uh, we were going to uh, Rovaniemi, which is where Santa's from, uh, in uh, just north of the Arctic Circle Arctic in Lapland, Lapland, to race in a 150-kilometer race in the snow. And uh, I'm very proud. This is the, uh, the photo just at the start. You can see there's me. This is a frozen river. Well in the lead there. That we set Leading off, off the line. That lasted about 50 yards. Uh, the conditions were kind of like this. It, it, very, very broken. <laughs> Snow tracks, I pushed a lot, uh, sat down a lot, and I had a, a, a real trouser problem. My, my shorts were incorrect, I hadn't tested them in, uh, in the correct conditions. And ladies, if you could just look away, my, my bottom was red raw. Red raw, my bottom. He was sending, we were in the hotel oh, afterwards, <laughs> when he had that sore bottom, and he, he was taking photographs, putting them on Twitter, yeah. and asking any nurses... Could give some advice Such a sore on how to, how to deal with it. I just said, get some air to it. Trouser problems, even then. And in fact, it got worse than that, didn't no it? Don't put any cream on it. Right. Um, unbelievably, <laughs> somehow, sorry, unbelievably, somehow. So what we learned from that. You, you came third. No, we got, you, you, you did really well. I got a, tro a tro yeah. an actual trophy, yeah. And prize money. And 
there was also there was a fee that we had to pay uh, in case we needed to get evacuated, and we claimed that as a business expense. But then they gave us that back in cash, so we spent it all on beer. And that was because beer is really expensive in Lapland, like really expensive. So that's like 150 quid of the beer. Yeah. Um, so we, we kind of we hung out. We were responsible fathers. Yeah, we've got children. We had a hot desking office space that we shared in our uh, contemporary town hall in Hebden Bridge. But you but remember... Like, I had a mountain biking business. He, he was doing the bicycle thing. Design and we bicycle would, uh, We would meet... There were only me and him in this lovely office. Uh, so Friday turned a bit... Friday was rum Fridays. Rum Friday, every yeah. Friday. And, and so this sort of continued. I, I got children, but they were living with their mum... Um, and, and your child was sort of looking after itself, and it was all great. Until one day, my, my wife got really... My ex, oh, yeah, no, my wait, ex-wife, ex-wife, let's make it... My ex-wife got really ill, and, and so my two youngest children had to come and live with me. So there they are. So I, I did the responsible thing. I took them straight to the pub, and then realised at that point that I couldn't really keep going to China and designing bicycles and things like that. So I needed something that was sort of like what I do, but here. So what do I do? Well, I can't weld bicycle frames. I can't make carbon frames. I can't really fit a bicycle together very well. But what I do quite well is working with a factory that can make something and marketing that thing when it gets here. And I thought, ah, because there's that thing going on. There's that Mary Portis who's doing those knickers with Love Your Country written in the gusset. You should that, get you know, some of those. She's, she's doing quite well with that. And there's that kinky boots thing. And that was a real thing that actually happened, wasn't it, in, in Northampton? And all the time, I, I had quite a happy life. Um, <laughs> what, you know, doing my, I had a mountain bike business, quite happy. And he, he seemed to be sort of spiralling into you know, despair and didn't know what to do with himself and had to quit his job and had all these children suddenly came and lived in his house with his, him and his poor girlfriend who'd never <laughs> in, intended for any of that to happen. And he, and he said, he said, oh, I'm thinking of, I've got this idea think, uh, about making trousers. You know, there's this beer trouser town, blah, blah, blah. Hebden Bridge used to make trousers. And I, I'm just so easily led that I'm like, well, yeah, that sounds great. I sound, what a cool story. Yeah, I should make some trousers. It'd be a cool thing. I, if you want to do it, I'll, I'll make a video or I'll help you, like we do with the bikes and the sponsorship. Because he used to, do, used to do videos, didn't he? Great, look at this. This is a tremendous video that we made. Oh, in the pub. Unbelievable, really. But that was a, a special video that you did about... And, and you, were no, you, were, you were no great mountain biker, were you? No. But you got sponsored for doing this sort of promotional stuff. And I thought, well, if I need somebody to do that sort of thing for this trouser business, then, yeah, I probably have to get him because... When I started this uh, mountain bike business, he said to me, you want to go on Twitter? This is probably 10 years ago or something. And I was like, no, bollocks. I don't want to go. What's that? I don't want to have anything to do with any of that. I'm not having social media. I haven't got time. He said, just do it. And then I thought, well, yeah, he did say, you need a website. And, and, and I went, oh, I can't afford one. And then he made me one in about five minutes. So I thought, maybe I should go on Twitter. So I went on Twitter and I told people about what I was doing with the mountain biking and the wacky films and we're going to the Pyrenees and we're going to the Basque country and we're going to eat octopus and we're going to ride to the sea through the forest and it's super cool. And it worked. The telling of stories and the using of social media worked. So I always thought, you know, he was a bit odd. He didn't have many friends, but he had, some of his ideas are good. The, the nicest thing <laughs> you've ever... Anyway, so, daft idea in the pub. Trouser Town, yeah. Do we remember Trouser Town? Trouser Town beer. 
somehow led to us finding the last factory in town that made trousers. We gave the man, oh God, did I give him 200 pounds for a yeah. pair of trousers he or something? Because we'd been to the pub no, for too wanted, long that day. He wanted 30 quid and you gave him three, 200. 300 quid. Have it. Show commitment. <laughs> and now, on all of our garments, if you look at the washing instructions inside, it'll tell you about you know temperatures and how to dry them and blah, blah, blah. And then it will say also, don't be a dick. So we have to remind ourselves daily of this. And people said, oh, well, you're calling your customers dicks, are you, by saying this? Because obviously that would be a man on Facebook, wouldn't it? But it was... Uh, no, it's more of the case of we all need to remember. Just simple, isn't it? You know, don't be a dick. So we, uh, we found a factory. We made some trousers. People, uh, oh, don't you need a pattern cutter? Well, they're trousers. It's not, it's not a rocket. It's not rocket science. Even rocket science is like, well, that one blew up. Don't do that again. So we made some trousers with the trouser factory, and we took them to the pub. Common theme. Giles tried them on. Giles, fascinating guy. Giles, terrified of buttons. And there's a special name for that. He's got five pairs of our trousers. What a lovely man Giles is. Oh, he's had all to, button flies. He's had yeah. to move to Devon because his wife doesn't yeah. like Hebden Bridge. But anyway, uh, lots of people came to the pub. And this lady here, that's the lady. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. She called us. Ah, the trouser men, she said. Yeah. Are you the trouser men? Are you the trouser men? Like, oh, yeah. So this we're was the, sort of... We're the trouser men yeah. now. <laughs> we, uh, this is sort of mid-December 2015. And I don't know, because you don't live in Hebden Bridge probably don't know this, but like on Boxing Day 2015, that's what Hebden Bridge looked like. It got a bit wet. And all the time, Greedy Ed was saying, well, at least people will know where Hebden Bridge is now. Yeah, it's great marketing, isn't it? So, have, you, have you heard of Hebden Bridge and flooding? Have you seen that? Yeah. yeah. Just, just keep talking. Um, I need another and that, that came right at, the, right at the point when we were starting to... We, we'd gone and looked in the factory... The, the factory manager was very disinterested. I think he just thought, I've seen it all before. I've had people coming saying they're going to do this. They're going to make this. They're going to put all these orders in, and then they probably won't. He told us to go away and come back later. And he was actually reading his junk mail while he was doing this. He was opening yeah. junk mail. Thankfully, the factory was on a hill. So <laughs> we, went back, we went back to the pub. Yeah. And, and, and then when we went to look at the trousers, we were a little bit buoyed up with having had a drink. And, got, you know, we bought this couple of really expensive pairs of dead stock trousers from a, from a room that were a little bit like something that we might like. They were actually, they were Hackett moleskins. Hackett moleskins were made Hackett in Edinburgh Bridge in there time. back in, I don't know, the 80s and, and used to have stuff made there and then it would have got offshored. So we bought these moleskin trousers. We went back into the pub and, um, and we said... We're going to start a trouser company. I've always found Bridge. it a good way if you stand up in front of people and say, I'm going to yeah. do this. And then you've got to, haven't then you? Then you've so got we to do it. Told everybody in the yeah. pub. Everybody. Several times, I would imagine. Yeah. We're going to start a trouser company. So, so, how do you start a trouser company? What? How do you do it? I don't know. Where do you, oh, get, the, you, where do you get the money from? We haven't got any money. So, we went on Kickstarter. We thought, Kickstarter. I've heard of Kickstarter. So, what are we going to do on Kickstarter? People say, What's a USP? What's he? It's terrifying. So it's very simple. We're going to make you the best trousers. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, we're going to make them out of the best cloth. Yeah. Prop properly made British trousers. We're going to make them here. That was the USP. We're going to guarantee them for life. I mean, there's a, like terms and conditions apply, obviously, you know, knife fights and whatever. We'd read Patagonia and said it, and only 1% comes back. So it's not a bad 
It's not a bad gamble. And I it's fell pretty over true. and it's I've ripped my knee. Yeah, it's not covered, mate. No, they've worn <laughs> I have out. to deal with them. But, you know, if we make a mistake or our manufacturers do, then, then they're guaranteed for life. And I, I think that's fair enough. We got a little bit of mad publicity on, uh, on a mountain bike forum because that's what we were on. It's, you see, it's all wrong, though. You see, it's a, people are talking about Heb. We're not called, we're called Heb Troco. You see, Heb Troco, like Asda. Yeah, like Tesco, we're called Hebtroco, uh, and it just <laughs> kept coming up, didn't it? This, uh, this, this thing. But that's our Kickstarter. We launched that, oh, 26th of January, 2016, 20 we, past four. We spent a month writing, yeah. the, uh, writing the brief, and it really sorted our heads out, because we really, it was a daft idea in the pub, you know, and it really was. When you've but got to write, it's that elevator What's pitch? your USP? You, you have you? to start. Yeah. You have to go out of the pub and actually put your thinking cap on, and so and we and we luckily uh, we have a mate who's a now he's a director on Coronation Street. He was a cameraman then, and he came and filmed a, fr a free video for us, which we'd we'd set up to go into the factory and there'd be machines and British manufacturing in action, because we turned up and it, the, nobody was there. It was, the factory was empty. Because they were on a two-day week. And, and so we just stood in this empty shop floor, which was perfect. Because it really looked like we were reviving something or we were trying to save something. It didn't want to be saved. No, that's it very important. It wasn't really yeah. what we were trying to do. But the story was rich in that and people liked it. So we, uh, we launched our Kickstarter. We wanted to sell 176 pairs of trousers. That's one week's production. £95 a pair because we thought that's under 100 quid. It's like a good pair of jeans. Got 30 days to do it. And, uh, and we did it. Bang. We did it in, uh, in five hours, 10 minutes. Bang. 176 pairs of trousers. Unbelievable. We, we couldn't believe it. And uh, all of a sudden you realise when you've done that, that, well, actually... Maybe if you tell a story and tell it the right way, then there's an appetite for people who want to get into that stuff. So the guy, when we initially f uh, went to see this factory and went into the pub and said, oh, rah, we're going to start a trouser company, the, the, the barman was like, you know, what are you doing this week, lads? And then on that Kickstarter night, I, I set it off and he was like, you're trying to get 17 grand. You know, you're never going to do that. And, by the end of the night, he bought a pair of those trousers. Uh, <laughs> so we put our order in at the factory, and unbelievably, actually, the order to the factory went into the factory owner's junk mail, which he then didn't see for a week and a half. We walked in, all right, lads, did you not sell any? We're like, no, Richard. So we, we, we ordered, I think, 220 pairs in the end. We, we had to get a, a website together because we hadn't really thought of this. It, this was all a total accident. It was all a complete daft idea in the pub. We thought, well, how are we going to promote this? We're going to have to go... I can't remember how these slides work. But anyway, we're going to have to go on Facebook, aren't we? Oh, yeah, and, and I remember saying to him, I said... Because I was never keen on social media oh, until he told me oh. that I had to do it. And, and I said, did you say you didn't like boosting posts? And you said, no, it worked really well. <laughs> and we didn't really know anything about it because apparently if you go to a Facebook class, they show you these funnels and this complicated stuff and all about that. And then you have these bad people that are doing bad things. But when I started digging into it, because I'm a bit of a geek, in case you hadn't worked it out, it was like fairly obvious. You can go, people that like that or people that don't like that, and, and you just send them adverts. 
and we sent them the video and it worked really well because we were just telling people the basically, story. Basically like the, like the Russians do that when they, they tried to help yeah, Donald when, Trump. When all that came like that. out. It, really, it did really work. When all that came out, it's like, that's what I do. And, and I, oh, I didn't like that. So, and that ruined it for everyone. <laughs> so we, we, well, we wrote stories, didn't we? You haven't seen this bit. Yeah. We wrote stories because that's what we like doing. Bede is our mate. He's got a, uh, what you tell him about Bede? Uh, he, he, briefly, he, he has briefly. a house in a, a little steep-sided valley, which would have been one of the places where some of the first water mills uh, using water power fire, started off the, the Yorkshire northwest version of the Industrial Revolution. Uh, and he, his property is where, where the mill used to be as a house, and he's used all the footings from the weir, etc., and he's made that into a hydroelectric generating plant, which powers... He gives free electricity to all his neighbours apart from the one guy who contested uh, digging up the track to lay the pipeline under, Bede. who gets nothing. Bede is a good-looking man who's got an interesting garage. He's very, very, very clever. That's you know, good. It, it makes you, well, it's nothing to do with why we're here, but if all the way up that stream could have those, there would be a lot of power. A lot of power. He offered to build us a factory, <laughs> didn't he, at one point? Yeah. Yeah, we didn't. Or, or a Bitcoin-generating facility, because that yeah. needed a lot of electricity as well. But we, yeah, we write stories. We write stories about everything. I mean, it's, it's, I, I used to be a journalist, and uh, not like you, Lucy, like not a, a not very good journalist. But, um, you know, so we, so we, wrote, we had a man who, who was, where are my fucking trousers? He wrote us a letter, and so we put that. Telly man came to Hebden Bridge. We gave Pete, the bass player, some trousers. Moleskin, it's not made from moles. I tell you, that is clickbait gold. That clickbait gold. Loving it. Buttons not zipped. Angry, you know. angry, angry vegans didn't Divisive like the fact that we were, we were slaying moles on the moorlands. We, had a ve we launched the trousers and a vegan wrote to us. Can't believe I've been sent this. It's so... Uh, I can't, it, it was very upset, wasn't he? Very upset. Buttons not zips, always a conscious. So it's that divisive, nonsense, clickbait, horror story journalism that most journalists these days peddle on a day-to-day -day basis just to get their clicks up. But underpinning all that... First, first, one's, first one's left. There we go. Have you got the nursery run? told you it's the graveyard the shift. Run? You can see the eyes going on like fate, that. Right. <laughs> underpinning all that, we were actually selling good product because we basically had very we, we said we well, you know trousers a bit like this bit like that and the factory were great they they sorted it out and people were loving it trousers are fantastic i normally pay 30 pounds for rubbish and these are a revelation <laughs> thank you jonathan very good that was great dave loves the trousers they are the best trousers that i've ever worn and then famous people dom jolly can you any of are any of you old enough to remember dom jolly yeah that's him off there, he, he loved it, he was, oh, and he'd been sharing our videos about, we were like, oh, can't go get in there, Dom Jolly bought his truck, then he sent them back, they, they were just, didn't not, like them, not quite, not quite what he wanted, too, 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 too heavy, but anyway, you know, that's what, yeah, anyway, accidentally, when uh, uh, oh. Hyatt, Hyatt Denim, do you know Hyatt Denim, sold uh, trousers to the Royal uh, Meghan Markle Royal lady, woman, which did very well for them, at the same time, we sold some trousers from 
the guitarist from Pigs, 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 Pigs. And I thought, yeah, well, that's kind of cooler, isn't it? And then he sent them he back sent as them well. Back. Yeah, I didn't like them, yeah. But <laughs> to John, give him a refund. John Shuttleworth. <laughs> are you, anybody know John Shuttleworth? John Shuttleworth has two pairs of our trousers. Nobody knows who he is. We're down south now. Charlie Higson. Thanks Charlie, to Charlie Lucy. Higson, He's yeah. got some. And that Pretty bloke, left field. And that bloke not, off that not Coronation very... Street that you saw at Green Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got, I got, but I didn't... He, he came to, to an open day and bought some trousers and, uh, and then revealed who he was. And I said, I'm really sorry, but I don't, don't have, a, have TV, a TV. So I don't know who you are. <laughs> we've also a hundred quid. We've also accidentally been a bit right on uh, just because we like bikes. This is our first delivery bicycle, uh, which belongs to my friend, Sean. I, I took it off him. And a bicycle so awful... Genuinely, it's been unlocked outside the back of my house for the last year and a half and has not been stolen yet. I don't think anybody can work out how to ride it. So we started on these, uh, and, then, and then we got this fantastic... Uh, uh, that was... Um, this is a Dutch... Uh, uh, Danish? No, Danish. Danish yeah. cargo bike. So uh, you pedal it, but you've also... This bit here, that's a, an e-bike motor. So you've got pedal assist when you pedal. It helps you. So it means you can carry a lot of weight... And uh, you can, where we live, it's really hilly. So you can ride to work and back on it. I said, these are brilliant. We must buy two. And I got mine immediately air freighted in. And Ed went, no, I, I want to ride mine back from Copenhagen. So that's what he did. He, he decided that he would take two weeks out at the beginning of uh, had, a, last year. I, I had a two-week holiday. Two-week holiday, paid riding his bike work. back via Berlin. <laughs> via Copenhagen, <laughs> Berlin. And I... I I have a friend who's a brewer who's bought lots of our trousers, and I said to him, you must know some, like a Danish brewer, who maybe they could host me in their bar while I'm there, when I'll do a little pop-up shop, so I'll fill my box up with trousers, jackets, belts, and boots. And so he organized for me to go to Mikella bars, like amazing craft beer bars, Copenhagen, Berlin, uh, and then Rotterdam, and then back home. And, I, and, and they gave us some very rare beer to auction off. So then, then we were giving money to charity. Yeah. You know, we didn't intend, we didn't set out to do really much. I just it was a- accidentally it right on to go and get this like cool bicycle a and ride it what, home. What we do, we we also use the local post office. Great, don't we? We use the local post office. Yes. Um, it seemed like the if you need to send things to people, we, it's the we just, obvious place to go it, to it, in your all town. All the UPS forms and, and everything like that look really complicated. <laughs> and and we like Satnam. Satnam runs our local post office. He's a great guy, and 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 we thought. If we can support that local post office, that would be a good thing to do. And we don't have to fill out those really complicated forms. And we don't have to be in when the van comes. We can just go on the cargo bike, drop the stuff off, and, and you know, happy days. And you like that story, don't you? It's a, it's a good story. That works well for clickbait. In fact, so it, this sell, next bit, it yeah. sells things. When I found out posters were £16, I said no. So we kind of turned this into... Yeah, no free shipping, no free returns. That's clickbait gold, that. Clickbait gold. And that was that man. He bought, he bought two pairs of trousers already, but he, he said, I was going to buy some boots, but they're 16 quid. And we're like, well, that's what it costs us. No, it costs you 12 quid. I was like, well, he needs biscuits, and there's the paper and boxes, and yeah. you might send them back. So we, we ship everything from the post office. And every, at least every month, I get a phone call at work from, from a courier 
some kind of courier company, one, one or another. And now I've got it to such a point where I can make them laugh by telling them. Oh, they, they pitch. I, yeah, they pitch I, I, I say, you. look, I know it's yeah. cheaper what you're offering. It's cheaper and you'll come and pick it up. So I don't have to ride that bloody bicycle to the, to the post office. But I said, but it's a really important part of what we do is using the local post office. We like to, we like to keep it there. We feel kind of proud that accidentally we've generated lots of business that is, is helping him to keep I that mean, business going. Uh, so I know you're cheaper, but we're not coming with you. Plus, it's what we use on Facebook to sell stuff. I mean, even, so it's a rubbish story. Even making things locally, you know, that, that was actually because we're bone idle, because uh, that's where I live there. And that's where the first factory was, and that's two minutes walk away. I mean, it really was. If, 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 if it would have had been any harder than that, we probably wouldn't have done it. We are bone idle. And, and you all look quite fired up. You know, you look good people. And, and so honestly, you know, if, if we can make, look. But it works when you can. A million uh, quid. Look at that, a million quid. When you, can vi when you can actually know your suppliers so you. and go and speak to them, and the people that are making the stuff see that you're interested in what they're doing, and as anything within two hours we'll get done. We did get some shoes made in oh. Northampton. I wish I'd got that photograph. Bloody four hours, four and a half hours it took us to drive there. Good four hours, wasn't it? Bell End Road. On Bell End Road, yeah. Bell End Road, yeah. That was the best bit about the whole trip. The we Doc got Martin's selfies factory. next to the Bell sign End that Road. said Bell End Road. Got a great photograph. We put double yellow lines there, there to stop it? people from doing that. But, yeah, so we're not making anything else there because it's too far away. We... When we did the first, uh, the first shipment of trousers, we went to the local packaging factory and bought some plastic bags. And it was a great moment. You know, we got our 176 Kickstarter orders. We got them all out on the table. Everybody got the right patch number sewn on. God, that's a whole other thing, isn't it? But anyway, address labels all stuck out. And we got the first pair. And we very ceremoniously put these in the bag. We tore off the self-adhesive strip. We rolled over the seal to, and it just rolled back. These bags did not seal. We got something wrong. This lady's going to sleep. I'm sorry. Um, we got something wrong. Second one. The, we had to go and buy... The Yorkshire. We had to go and buy some tape, stick them all together. And so eventually, when we, when we finally got through those horrible thousand bags, we got some proper paper Heb Troco bags, which have been so useful. One man even baked his Christmas cake in it. Yeah. We like that. Also, our buttons were plastic. We thought we can do better than that. And so we went well, it to was, see... It was, yeah, so we're going, where, where's the cloth from? Where, where, where are you making this stuff? And I was, where, where do the buttons come from that you put on the trousers? Well, they come from, they, they're Chinese. And they're, they're really cheap. I said, well, aren't there any, any British buttons? And I actually went on the Make It British website and found, oh, look, there's a, there's a company that make buttons in Britain. And um, Courtney's, they're here. Very lovely people. And so, right, let's get their buttons. And at the factory, they were like, but they're 19p each for the big ones. And they're like 14p for the little ones. That's crazy difference. Literally, I think it's put a pound on our garment price. Yeah, it's nothing. But what a great story that we can actually tell to people about the things that, you know, that's, that's worth people it. People love the fact that, you know, all that, that, kind of, that kind of detail. And I do. For me, like when... Uh, you know, he said, oh, would you like half of my idea that's 50% of nothing at the beginning, but generous, nevertheless, would you like to come in on this business with me? I always liked 
the stories about the stuff that I had, you know, my watch was my dad's. I know what the, you know, I know the history about it. I know what it is. I think I value it because of that. And I can tell you stories about every single thing that I'm wearing. Stuff that, you know, how we've gone and found a place or we made this mistake and it ended up being a good thing and, and we got that. And the buttons are a perfect little icing on the cake detail for me. And then it turns out they're made from nuts. They're not made out of plastic. And it's re reforesting the uh, the rainforest. It's, it's just sustainable. It's all good all day long. Sustainable buttons. Pound on a garment. You don't get that on a zip. No. So anyway, and you, you don't did, catch you anything. Did, in you did a not come either. here to hear a talk about right. buttons and 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 didgeridoo players and all that. You came to hear a talk about Brexit. Brexit. That's what we right. said. That was that was what we were meant to be talking. You see, we've done quite well there. You missed that, hadn't you? So, when we started. Making stuff locally was cool. Making stuff in Britain was cool. It was all great. We, we loved all that. And Facebook was going really, really well. And then all of a sudden, that thing happened. I'm going to put my hand up here and say I voted Remain. Edward, what did you vote? Uh, I voted Remain. You voted Remain. No, I, w I wouldn't now. And, uh, <laughs> and I remember very soon after that, we were... Hello, <laughs> Very soon after that, we were, uh, we were interviewed at Best of Britannia, uh, uh, and you, you uh, didn't really know British what was going on, did you? Show, a little uh, bit comedic. Well, and we'd gone because we wanted to, to try and sell stuff. We wanted to try and get some press. That's why we're here now. We want to try and get noticed so that people tell our story so we can sell some more stuff. Because we are a business. We're trying to make a profit. That's the important thing. And we went to this show, and they were like, oh, Sky, Sky Live News thing. Want to interview you. So like, yeah, definitely. Right, let's do it. I'll, do they want to talk about the making of the clothes and this and that? No, they want to talk about Brexit. And, and, and like, we, we try and be quite positive. But when the currency's done that, on the day that you've put your first order in to a German moleskin mill, because nobody in the UK actually makes moleskin anymore, and all your cloth costs have gone up 15%, that's a little bit irritating. It was a little bit difficult. But we're cool, guys. It's fine. So when the Sky News, they went, whoa, how does Brexit affect your business? I said, oh, ho, ho, Brexit. Is that a breakfast cereal? We're just from the north of England and we're cracking on with it. Because at that point, you really hope, you really hope that all it is, it's about a currency thing because all our stuff is really run through Facebook, through these channels and funnels like Cambridge Analytica do and stuff like that. And you're trying to understand how you're going to work your marketing out going forwards. And then all of a sudden, your Facebook feeds start to feel a bit different. So we'd made a video. We made a great video, but can you see, all of a sudden, we're being shared by the Jacob Rees-Mogg supporters group. <laughs> now, he's a lovely bloke. He's done very well for himself, but I was a bit surprised, and he is not the sort of, you went to public school, but he's not the sort of bloke I would go out for a drink with. You are, baby. <laughs> and then we did a video to launch our, our new range of uh, British canvas trousers with Ed's dog. What's wrong with that? Ah, oh, apparently it's a Chinese dog. <laughs> and it gets worse. Can you see anything funny in that photograph? Can you see anything funny? What I see there are people who've been ostracized, segregated, people have laughed at them, people have ganged up on them. Yeah, that's right. Look, left-handed scissors. Left-handed scissors. But no. How many, 
what percentage of British-born nationals? And this is the toxicity that we started getting into on Facebook. It was just right odd, as we say, up our way. And people, even our customers are fighting back, and we're getting that sort of thing being thrown at them. Very, very toxic. Because 50% of the British population, believe it or not, 50% of the British population are below average intelligence. That is meant to be a joke, but it's also true. <laughs> this half but or also is it that funny half? at the same time, isn't it? Do you, see, do you see what I've done there? I need to, there's a laugh now sign needs to go up there. Anyway, what's, well, let's, let's reduce the price of our garments. Let's make them more British because we've told you that we're bringing cloth in from Europe. Let's make some British cloth. Let's do it with English fine cottons. Let's make a white T-shirt. What could possibly be inoffensive about a white T-shirt? Well, I think, I'll tell I you what, I'll, that... I'll, if Steve McQueen had a beard, I think it would, I would have looked like Steve McQueen. It's not about me, though, is it? People didn't like our white T-shirt. 50 quid for a white T-shirt, you've got to be joking. And this wonderfully insightful quote from Michael Leeper, who I assume is not, I am glad you don't sell pies. They would probably be ex like you clothes. <laughs> 40 quid. I mean, you, you, there's, there's any number of awfully made far... I don't... I, sorry, preaching to the converted. You lot know the cost of T-shirts and whatever else. And then you get the other lot. Apparently, cotton is really bad. Oh, cotton oh, you use, use a lot of water. Yeah, a lot of water. Cotton uses... Uh, yeah, a lot of water to make a, make a cotton T-shirt. Yeah, apparently... Takes 27,000 litres of water to make a cotton T-shirt. And that, that is true. But it takes 17,000 litres, sorry, 1,700 litres of water to make a 100 gram bar of chocolate. So, come on. I think that's called whataboutery. I think, in it, you know? It's like, yeah, yeah, it does, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm being a goodie or baddie. We've I've carried got, uh, on. The, my, these are Chinese Ray-Ban, copy Ray-Bans. I've been talking a lot. I'm really sorry. I'm wearing. <laughs> so I'm not. We, we, don't, we don't claim to be super good, but we seem to have some side effects which are really quite ethical. In what about, we do. Talk, talk about that next. Uh, so it, it's probably time now, isn't it? One of, the, one of the things that we did. No, we're not getting them out yet. One of the things that we did, <laughs> we've done a, a motorcycle ride out. They don't know what's in there. Motorcycle ride out. <laughs> where, where are you going now? There, that, that, that picture. Oh, yes. Yes. So we did an event uh, and got some friends and we, we had a party uh, in the pub and we, uh, afterwards, we went riding our motorbikes around and we did it with a magazine uh, called Cyburn and some cool people turned up and this guy turned up and he had this balaclava that he put on and the, the guy that we, that we got photographing the event came up with this photo and I remember looking at it and thinking, ha ha, that's a Brexit balaclava. Put a brave face on it. Wouldn't it be cool if we could make one of those? I reckon we could sell loads of those. A British made Brexit balaclava. I'd, I'd buy one of those. Just because that's, that's what we like. we like to tell us what we thought, yeah. Now either we're so detuned to our customer base or whatever. So we launched it on Facebook. There we go, off we go. Put a brave, oh my God. Apparently we're now a pro-Brexit agenda <laughs> by making a balaclava <laughs> about putting a brave face on Brexit. <laughs> but we thought, no, 
we're going to do it. And so we contacted an agent within the UK. Wink. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. Contacted an agent with it. Who's going to make it? There we are, lads. Got your sample. That's brilliant, isn't it? I said, it's the wrong colour. And it hasn't got a head on. <laughs> no, there you are. I said, it's still the wrong colour. No, no, factory. can They'll make it right. There we are. There's your, there's your samples, lads. That's brilliant. I said, oh, that's great. I said, uh, hang on a minute. That looks a bit Chinese there. And he'd he gone made in China. Oh, my God. So we needed a new plan because this was going to be our big push. So we got our mate Mark to write a press release. But what are people talking about at the moment? Only thing people are talking about right now is Brexit. And it worked because we're just telling the people the story that they want to hear. And we got on look north. Go on, look. That's the television. It's the television in the north. Apparently. Look, they, got, they can't name I wrong didn't know, again. I didn't know how to watch it. Can't believe I don't it. Have a Hebden Bridge Trouser Coat. Because we know we're called, the Heb, we're called Heb Troco. Yeah. See? That's what we're called. Like Asda, like Tesco. And, 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 and then yeah, we sat, got, we got here to make it British as well. Satnam in the post office saw it. Yeah. On the television. Not many people. No. When uh, Lucy wrote a. Uh, uh, a little piece on about us in the an Observer Sunday magazine, and um, it, the day that it came out, this was really early on. You know, I think we sold it's like 25 pairs of trousers sold, which was a really big deal at the time. You know, so that sets a precedent. So then you go on the TV, even if they get your name wrong, you expect to sell sort of 2,000 pairs of trousers tonight, and not a single thing. So, so that's really it. You it know? didn't work, but we then. <laughs> We used, we've been on the telly and we put that on our social media and we told that story and people received that in a very positive way. And we sent uh, the press release to Kate as well. And that's why we're here, because we said, we've made a million in yeah. Brexit Britain. And we didn't really make a million, we just turned over a million and we just did it by, you know, really sort of telling people the stories that we wanted to hear. And so uh, I think, right, yeah, anyway, that, that's us. Now we need to make some more money. Are you coming back? Does anyone have any questions, please? Good, yes, thank you. This lady here. Hello, um, thank you very much. It was great fun as well as very interesting. Thank Can you. you tell me, you said you used this first factory that was on two days a week, and now you're using another factory. Can you explain? Are you a, are you a plant? No. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> So we started off, we used, they were, on, they were on two days a week. The building that the, uh, the mill had been sold in 2008, just before the crash, to property developers. So it was going to be turned into flats, but the conditions weren't right. So they kept, uh, the, the guy that had the factory c c continued to rent the space in there. And that's the factory that he, f he found. They were, they were doing a two day a week. When we really got going in the first year, they were on a five-day week, mostly making stuff for us. Um, they, he didn't really like us that much because we were upstart and we come along. Cocky little hipster upstart. We were, we were upstart, online. Think, yeah. um, and essentially, he could, couldn't make enough for us. So we tried, we were going to have moleskins made there as we did moleskin trousers. Uh, and then we were going to have the cords made in Blackburn in another factory. And he didn't, 
it wouldn't let us have the pattern, didn't like it. I think the, the, the owner was very unhappy about us not making everything in one factory. And there was, there's a little bit of us that feels like we were trying to save his business and perhaps he didn't actually want his business selling, saving, sorry, he just wanted to retire. And really the, 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 the complete turning point came when he launched his own brand, copying our trousers with an internet website with some nasty stuff on Facebook as well. And, and he, he attacked us on Facebook, you know, which was how we That's were selling domain. everything. Yeah. That was our arena. And he, he kind of launched that attack. And that's, Amazon. as a factory owner, he's entirely... So that was you know, the end he, of that. He can do that. He can make trousers for whoever. So we, but yeah, we, we, we basically, sort of, uh, we, we destroyed Trouser Town. <laughs> it's a sad story, isn't so, it? So it was some of the last trousers, but they were our responsibility. But yeah, there's, it's so now... So how it, did you find your next manufacturer? A friend, a friend. Uh, another, another brand uh, called Trickett, yeah, England. Lovely Ian Trickett. Our mate Ian yeah. Trickett. Uh, we kind of knew who he was and he made socks and weird like paraphernalia and stuff and it, we, we thought maybe he was a fashion designer so we thought he would be able to draw a pattern and make us a new new pattern so we could have our trousers back um, and he said listen lads you don't want me to do that just you want to go and talk to Dave and David the pattern cutter at Cookson and Clegg and go and you know get them making your trousers so we went to Blackburn and we went into this factory where there were lights and it was clean. You know, and people, the toilets were not full of mold, you know, and the, the, the equipment had been safety checked after 1989, which I think was when the hoist was last checked. And so we went, you know, we were very naive and we, we, we'd in, gone into the first factory. It was very romantic, you know, you, worn steps from clog wearing Yorkshire people making stuff and everything really rustic looking, basically run down and dangerous and, and a bit depressing. Uh, so that was and that was kind of you know our whole thing was trousers in Hebden Bridge and suddenly bang that's gone the story's gone and luckily we were ready with other suppliers so that you know the, and other the, products as well you know we expanded from trousers didn't we we launched the boots with William Lennon we did jackets we yeah, did so belts everything, everything's British you're doing made, that thing so now Ed properly yeah. made okay sorry yeah. we just need to I want to get some more questions in <laughs> yes Charlie uh, gentlemen um, social media is no notorious for having great confusion between a serious message and a humorous message. You have been mixing the two. Where have you done it well and where have you cocked it up? Uh, oh, I think any business cocks up at every step of the way. And what was interesting was the... Uh, Earlier, I referred to a uh, where are my fucking trousers email that a customer sent. And he said he was a, <clears throat> a business owner of, of 40 years. And, and he described climbing up a staircase. And when you go along the flat bit, that, that feels great. And then you end up climbing up something high. We've had, yeah, massive, massive problems. Clearly problems with supply. But thankfully, we already had a second supply line in place. We've had issues with cloth. We've had issues with... Uh, I meant more the social media translation of it where you flip between serious and humour. Do I think that's a problem? I think the, the, only, the only answer there is that ultimately I'm answerable to him and he's answerable to me and we control that company. We don't have to run through a board of directors or anything like that. And if we mess it up, then we mess it up and we live and die by it. 
But I feel that what we do instills character, and I think that works for a certain sort of customer. It might not work for all customers, but I think all we can do is be honest and truthful and deliver the message how we best think we can deliver the message at the time. This lady here was first. Hello. Okay. Great talk, guys. Hello. Just want to shout, we're from Brighouse, West Yorkshire. Hey. Uh, you mentioned you rest heavily on social media. Outside of social media, what are your biggest marketing techniques? Um, well, since Facebook got a bit toxic, I've made him open a pop-up shop uh, about once a fortnight. And we actually, yeah. Who would thought an actual shop where people can come and try things on and buy them from the business owner has been a great success? Um, yeah, I mean, a full-time high street shop uh, would be terrible for us. But having a, a lower-cost business unit in the, the leafy area of uh, Cragvale, that works for us really well. Uh, you know, warehouse, showroom. Yeah, it's a warehouse. It's a working space that people... So we don't open... We don't... The shop isn't staffed. Uh, it's me. Um, you book an appointment. I, you book an appointment in the week. People can come and try on and buy. Or, and I do some open days, maybe, maybe, maybe one or two a month. And it's, it's a really good two part a month. of our turnover. Yeah, two a month. Yeah, yeah. that works well. Um, it's just about keeping your overheads down, which is also why we don't we don't. And people come in it. like cool cars and custom motorcycles and stuff, and they bring their cool dogs there. and, well, you know, they it's like this kind of blokey stuff that we like, you know, craft beer and records and cars and bikes and stuff. But we don't sell through retailers, which is what I was trying to say before yeah. you interrupted. We yeah. don't sell through retailers because there just isn't the margin for quality British-made product what we're doing to be affordable for anybody. You know, our trousers are 125 quid, and we, I think that's quite toppy in terms of it's comparable to an offshore premium jean, and that's what we're trying to make, and we can only do that by running that direct. Okay, yes, this gentleman here, thank you. Thank you. Um, I was looking that you start the business by online in the beginning, and now you are opening a shop, a small shop, uh, I, am, I, am, I, am, I was doing a lot of business around the world, and now I am really in a shutdown situation. I'm coming from Venezuela, and the government keep all my factory, keep everything for me. I need to restart again in this country. For the last four years, I was trying to improve myself. Um, and actually, I opened a shop, a retail in Beaumont, um, thinking most of the people who was talking to me, don't open a shop, do online. I say, no. I want to open my shop. It is my, 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 it's my, my proud, open my shop. The shop is Wasian Co. It's a lifestyle um, gift shop, um, culture hub. But the meaning is, you are giving me the reason to not open my shop. Because I was thinking, almost the people think here, online is the future. No. I think that no online is the future. Online is part of the business. And the future is the new kind of shop. The shop has to be sensation shops. In the shop, you need to feel, because the human being need to feel, need to go to shop. But the it's people, not only the, the staying people online, that, buying they food. They wouldn't know that there was a shop unless we told them about it yeah. online. Yeah, so uh, that's probably the, that's they the, know where is your That's shop. the foundation yeah. for our business. We, we have online. no, we we have no to, till. We wouldn't be able to get a big enough market. It's a warehouse. You know, it's a very different feel of shop. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that lets us... For, for us, the, the point the business is at, the most important thing is to be able to keep 
all the overhead super low so that we can grow the business. And to have a high street, a conventional shop, that would absolutely kill us. But to have like a shop within our warehouse space, I mean, my favourite bar in Manchester, have you been? Cloudwater. You've been to the Cloudwater? No, I can't afford to go there. It's, it's, so Cloudwater is like the best brewery in Manchester now, finally. And they have a beautiful uh, uh, tap, tap room above their production facility. And it works. And people drive to a trading estate and get out of their car next to a screw fix and go and have the, the best beer in the north of England. And that different sort of retail experience uh, for beer or trousers... God knows we know about both of them. Uh, people, that, that works like really well. They like to meet you, you know. They like to because they like the story. They follow the story. They listen to your story, and they want to come and be part of it and say hello to you and get a selfie and that kind of thing. Yes, that's quite nice. And also, sometimes you just got to have a shop. In my family, we've been through three or four shops. Anytime we make any money, we lose it all on shops. But sometimes you just got to open a shop. That's the only way I can describe it. I can't describe it any other way. And it is like you're saying, it's because we are humans and we interact and there is a human element to this. And I think this is a really nice way to bring this event, first day of this event, to a close because I think we've come back full circle. We had a whole debate before about craft versus technology and blah, blah, blah. But I think that, um, that you two, for me, kind of epitomise the really human element in this, in this story as well and I want to ask ask you a final question about the relationship between you <laughs> not like that but you know would you still be doing this if you'd been doing it on your own no absolutely not I'm re my girlfriend claims that I get everything about 75% done and then she has to finish off on her own I, I, I don't understand Facebook you had to take it there didn't you yeah yes no Ed. well I don't understand Facebook you don't understand Facebook. No. So I, I would have made really cool stuff that nobody would have bought. He's very good with the He would girls. have made loads of yeah. shit that lots of people would have bought. Yeah. So with it, it's, an, it's a very yes-no kind of thing. I think we've both worked. We don't, we don't we? offend each other, which is quite handy. Well, but we've both... In, we, we're you've very, worked. very not very good at uh, dealing with most of the people, to be honest. You work on your own. I've worked <laughs> yeah, on my very own. Together, we're loners. loners we're dynamite. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, like Charlie's Angels. Balding. Yeah, whatever. Anyway. So I think that's a Yorkshire way of saying that you really need each other. Absolutely, yeah. Me and Lucy are opening a business. Yeah. We're getting a new shop. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have a shop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, in Harrogate, Harrogate probably. <laughs> Posh Yorkshire. Okay, on this slightly surreal note. On that bombshell. I would like thank to you. once again thank these night. amazing people from the Hep Trove Can I just have... Can I just have a round of applause for two fantastic women? Can I have Lucy for doing a brilliant job with drunken idiots here, <laughs> latterly? And also for Kate, for putting this whole thing together. It's absolutely amazing in the, in the time, in the current climate to celebrate British manufacturing. So thank you for inviting us after what happened last time. That's great. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to the Make It British podcast. I make an episode every Tuesday and Friday, plus there's also bonus episodes occasionally. So don't forget to subscribe in your favourite podcast app so that you get notified every time a new episode goes live. And if you enjoyed the show, I would really love it if you left me a, just a little review on iTunes. The more reviews this podcast receives, the more people will discover it and the more we can spread the word about making in the UK. 
Thanks once again for listening to the Make It British podcast. Bye bye.